This is the First Emmanuel Lutheran Church podcast. For more information about us, who we are, and how to get connected, check us out online at filministries.org. Today's message is delivered by Pastor Randy Roche. So as we take the months of September and October and look at the major fundamental doctrines of the Christian faith, we began last week with God's Word. Important to begin there because it is the Word of God which spells out and proclaims all the doctrines of the Christian faith. If it's not in the Bible, it's just not a Christian doctrine. So if we open the Scriptures and we open them to the opening, we find our next doctrine we want to talk about, which is creation. It's an important topic because there's a lot of discussion today about creation. Topic sounds like this, creation versus evolution. I've been seeing some yard signs recently, and one, one of the yard signs says, in this house we believe in science. I asked someone, so who doesn't believe in science? I believe in science, which is why I don't jump off of a four-story window Because I believe in the law of gravity. Who doesn't believe in science? And the person explained to me, that's designed for people who believe that God created the world in six 24-hour days. There are people who believe that there's no science to support that, that evolution is completely supported by science. Now, if you turn on television like the National Geographic Channel or the Smithsonian Channel, or I've noticed even in uh, animated movies for children, you find evolutions brought up time and time and time again. You'd be led to believe that almost everybody in our country believes in this atheistic evolution. Not so. 2007, Newsweek magazine conducted a survey of Americans and asked them what they thought about the origins of the universe. 13% said they believed that there is no God and the world came about through evolution. 13%. 48% said they believed the creation account as it's distributed to us in the opening chapters of Holy Scripture. I also would ask people this question. When someone comes to me and says, oh, you know, maybe, the, maybe this whole creation account was just a myth, just a story, because, you know, we're not all that smart. We can't handle the whole evolution thing. We're not that scientific, most of us. Maybe God just threw that story in there. And I guess I would ask this question. If God decided his word was so important, why would he begin it with a fairy tale? Or if you were asked to write your autobiography, would you start with a story that never happened? I don't think so. I think creation really helps us understand who God is. And and we could be here all afternoon and talk about that. I promise you we won't. But I just want to bring up four important items, four important truths that I believe are found about God in the creation account. And the first one is this. I think creation proves God's existence. You know, we are created with this innate understanding that there must be something out there. Our conscience tells us there's got to be something out there. Creation tells us there has to be something out there. You know, Paul was 
was sharing this with the Romans when he sent his letter to them in chapter 1 and verses 19 and 20. He said this, For what can be known about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made. So they are without excuse. In other words, you look at this creation and say, how could this have just been an accident? In the 1980s, I lived in upstate New York. And um, one of the universities in our town of Rochester uh, had what was called an origins conference. And they brought 71 scientists that would come and their conference was to talk about how did all of this get started? Interestingly, 70 of the 71 scientists said there must be some kind of supreme being that got all of this started. Only one said, there is no God, there is no supreme being, there is no intelligent designer, it all happened by chance. These are scientists. Now they didn't say, you know, we believe everything in Genesis 1 and 2. They didn't say that, but they did admit that there has to be something. Someone who designed this and put it into being. And that's only logical. I agree with the psalmist who said, the fool says there is no God. Well, let's bring some science into the conversation today. When I was taught evolution in the public high school a few years ago, we were taught that as things evolved, all of a sudden, in the water that was on the earth, single-cell living organisms appeared. And they begin to evolve into larger organisms until after billions of years, they evolved into humans, okay? So water, and then all of a sudden, single-cell organisms appear in the water spontaneously, and they evolve. That breaks the law of biogenesis. Scientific law that says you cannot get something living from something that's not living. Impossible. So that ruins that whole theory of spontaneous generation that I was taught 40-some years ago. But the evolutionists have come up with a new theory now. And look it up when you go home. Panspermia. They say that many years ago, aliens from another planet seeded the earth with single-cell organisms that later evolved into humans. Let's ask the logical question. Where did those aliens come from? Well, of course, they came from other aliens who seeded their planet with single-cell organisms and they evolved. Well, where did these come from? Well, they came from... We can do this all day until finally you've got to get to some kind of supreme alien, don't you? What's stranger to believe? The supreme alien or the triune God? I think creation also identifies God's power. God created all things out of nothing. 
You know, we heard that God created us in His image. And I think part of that is that um, we have a creative God, and as His children, we have sparks of creativity in us as well. So some people write music or write poetry or some people will paint a picture or some will uh, have a building project in their woodwork shop. But did you ever notice we always have to have raw materials to do these things? If I'm going to paint a picture, I need a canvas, I need some acrylics, I need a brush. If I'm going to go build a bench for the backyard, I need wood and I need some screws and some power tools. We need raw materials. God created all things out of nothing by the power of his word. He's the one who created the raw materials. So the power of God is displayed in his ability to bring everything into existence and to keep it going. I think creation proves God's order in life. When you go home again today, uh, reread chapter 1 of Genesis and, and notice this. There's a specific order. Did you note that in creation, in days 1, 2, and 3, God created a place for the things that he would create on days 4 and 5 and 6? Day 1, he created light so that on day 4, he could put the sun and the moon and the stars in the right place to govern the light. On day two, he created the seas and the sky. And on day five, he created fish to swim in the seas and birds to soar through the sky. And on day three, he created dry ground and vegetation so that on day six, the animals and the humans could safely live. There's a beautiful order in everything that God has done. I mean, just think about the earth as it rotates on its axis. It's, it's on an angle, isn't it? It's actually 23.5 degrees. Tilted either direction, our seasons would be completely different. How about the human body? 98.6. How are you feeling when you're pushing 100 degree temperature? You can tell the difference. Why? Because your body is created in such a precise way that all of the organs are working together. And when one is just out of sync, you can tell. This is a God of order who, who creates 24-hour days and seven-day weeks and he gives us months and years. He gives us seasons. You know, evolution teaches that there was a big bang 14.5 billion years ago. There was a big bang and there was just massive chaos. And everything over the years came together perfectly and formed what we have today. Wow, miraculous, isn't it? Oops, sorry. That would be accidental and coincidental. The Big Bang Theory breaks another law of science. It's called the second law of thermodynamics, which proves that things in the world go from order to disorder. If you don't believe me, when you eat your pizza tonight, leave it out on the counter for a week. 
you'll see it went from order to disorder, right? Because we used to do that in college all the time. Or if you have one of those um, wooden decks in the back of your house like I do, you notice that, boy, oh boy, you got to care for that thing. Why? Because it goes from order to disorder. Or if you've left something outside like a shovel and you find it the next spring and it's all rusted. This, this is second law of thermodynamics. Things go from order to disorder. Evolution is trying to tell us things went from disorder to order. Scientifically impossible. So what happened to the creation if it was created so very good? Well, sin happened. And I think this all proves God's relationship with us. Think of this. Before God created anything, God knew that we would fall into sin, that we would ruin creation, that we would be the reason for the second law of thermodynamics, and we would alienate ourselves from Him. And He created us anyway. He knew He would have to do what we are unable to do so that we could be saved. He knew he would have to take on our flesh. He knew he'd have to take our guilt and our sin to the cross and suffer our penalty of death. And he he created us anyway. But his relationship with us could lead him to do nothing else but create us and then redeem us when we had fallen. And the fact that Christ came into the world to save sinners proves the existence of God. Jesus is God in the flesh dwelling among us. Jesus coming here proves God's power because he defeated sin and guilt and death and grave and hell. Jesus proves his order as he prepares a place for us not only here but in heaven. And he proves his relationship with us. I'm with you always as he was in the sacrament today, as he was in the water and the word of baptism. So I want you to think about this. You know, we do a lot to try to give our kids what we call self-esteem. Have you noticed that? I noticed over the years, when it comes to athletics, all you have to do is walk on the field and breathe and you get a trophy about this big. But this is a whole other subject that I don't want to get off on because I will keep you all afternoon. Let me ask you which would give you or your children or grandchildren more esteem. I'll give you a choice, one or the other. A, believing that you have evolved accidentally from pond scum, and when you die, you will be nothing more than fertilizer. Or B, That you were intentionally created by a loving God who wanted a relationship with you. And to do so, he personally came and laid down his life for you so that you could have life eternal in heaven. I vote for B. The truth of the Lord's six 24-hour day creation is important to us. It identifies who he is and who we are through him. And so I guess I have to agree with the psalmist and say the creation proclaims the glory of God. And then there's nothing else to say except amen.
Thanks for listening to this week's message. If you want to learn more about First Emmanuel Lutheran Church, visit filministries.org. We'll see you next week, and God bless.